Hello, and welcome to the Rear Primary Review, where we cover the latest developments in high-yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy, and feature discussions on issues affecting distressed debt, leveraged finance, direct lending, high-yield bonds, high-yield municipals, covenants, private credit, and middle market companies. I'm David Zupkis. We're taking a brief recess from our weekly interview segment this week, but we'll be back next week with more premium content. In our weekly review coverage, Judge Jones confirms the CERTA Chapter 11 plan and blesses 2020 up-tier exchange. Cineworld and National Cinemedia enter into a 10-year exhibitor services agreement. City Brewing, Aventive Technologies contemplate restructurings. And Citerra and Lucky Bucks file Chapter 11. And as always, a preview of what's coming next week. It's Monday, June 12th. In-court coverage, we take a look at Serta Simmons Betting, National Cinemedia, Cineworld, Clovis Oncology, Binance, U.S., and Coinbase. After a two-week trial, Judge David R. Jones issued a hotly anticipated opinion confirming Serta's Chapter 11 plan and ruling that the debtor's 2020 up-tier exchange transaction was not prohibited by the company's 2016 credit agreement and is binding and enforceable in all respects. Debtors and firstly participating lenders did not breach duties of good faith and fair dealing under the company's 2016 credit agreement up to your exchange transaction, the judge found. Shortly after the court issued its ruling, FLSO and non-priority term loan creditor Citadel Equity Fund appealed the decision and requested a stay of the confirmation order pending the appeal. Cineworld and National Cinemedia unveiled the settlement of their long-standing fight over their exhibitor services agreement, announcing a new network affiliate transaction agreement to take its place. Under the new contract, Cineworld would grant NCM the exclusive right to provide on-screen advertisements to debtors U.S. cinemas for the next 10 years in exchange for NCM paying Cineworld a guaranteed amount based on the attendance at the debtors' theaters and the revenue generated by NCM in placing advertisements on Cineworld screens. Specifically, each contract year, NCM would pay Cineworld the greater of a revenue share and the aggregate minimum guarantee. The calculations and formula used to determine these amounts were redacted. Judge J. Kate Stickles issued a bench ruling on Friday confirming the Clovis Oncology Debtors Chapter 11 liquidation plan over objections from the Official Equity Committee, the Securities and Exchange Commission, and the U.S. Trustee. The judge concluded that the plan's non-debtor releases were consensual in light of the related opt-out procedures. The court also directed the debtors to clarify that the plan's exculpation provision includes certain parties that are not estate fiduciaries. The SEC brought a civil enforcement suit in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia against three Binance entities and Binance CEO Changpeng Zhao, alleging that the world's largest crypto exchange systematically attempted to evade U.S. securities laws since at least 2018. The SEC seeks disgorgement of the defendant's ill-gotten gains and civil penalties. The court has scheduled a hearing for Tuesday, June 13th on the SEC's motion for a temporary restraining order that would freeze the defendant's assets. Also this week, the SEC initiated a civil enforcement action against Coinbase in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York. The commission contends that Coinbase acted as an unregistered exchange, broker, and clearing agency and sold unregistered securities through its staking program. The filing of this suit coincided with Coinbase Chief Legal Officer Paul Grewal's testimony at a hearing before the U.S. House Agriculture Committee. Grewal urged lawmakers to move forward with proposed legislation that would give the Commodity Futures Trading Commission new authority to regulate the digital asset spot market. City Brewing, Aventive Technologies, and Riverbed Technology round out this week's list of potential restructurings. City Brewing lenders have signed a cooperation agreement to form a united front. Lenders are represented by Gibson Dunn and Perella Weinberg Partners. The company recently disclosed first quarter of 2023 results to lenders, reporting that adjusted EBITDA increased 13.5% year-over-year to $35.2 million, while revenue rose 2% to $110.5 million. 
Aventive Technologies, formerly known as Securus Technologies, offering a $400 million and 4.5-year firstly notes, part of a larger $1.1 billion package to refinance existing capital structure, remains alive as discussions continue between sponsor Platinum Equity and certain large account holders. Discussions are focused on a $100 million to $200 million gap between what Platinum is seeking to borrow and what investors are willing to lend. Platinum has agreed that the transaction will lower cash interest and first lien leverage as the refinancing would eliminate expensive second lien debt. The private equity firm is, with this argument, seeking to tighten OID and the final OID could end up being in the low 90s. Vector Capital will contribute $80 million of common equity as part of its acquisition of Riverbed Technology, while existing stakeholders of prospective lenders will fund a new $30 million super senior revolver. Existing lenders will receive $375 million of take-back paper. The new RCF pays SOFR plus 600 bips, and the take-back paper says pays SOFR plus 250 bips in cash and the rest in pick, the sources say. The rate on the take-back paper also steps up under certain conditions. 11 companies with liabilities greater than 10 million, including two with liabilities greater than 1 billion, filed for Chapter 11 last week with almost half of the cases in the real estate sector. Data Center Collocation Interconnection Services Company, Cytera Technologies, filed for Chapter 11 protection in the District of New Jersey. Under the debtor's dual-track RSA with 70% of term loan holders and certain equity sponsors, Cytera could pursue either a reorganization under which the term loan claims receive 100% of pre-dilution reorganized equity or a sale. Certain first-lien lenders have agreed to provide a $200 million dip-to-exit facility consisting of $150 million of new money and rolling of $50 million of pre-petition bridge financing. The court approved the dip on an interim basis at the first day hearing last week, unlocking access to $40 million of new money and $14 million of undrawn bridge financing. Lucky Bucks, one of the largest operators of Class B coin-operated amusement machines based in the state of Georgia, filed for Chapter 11 in Delaware with an RSA supported by 93% of term loan claims, 18% of revolving loan claims, and sponsors controlling 100% of interest in the holdings entity. The debtors will pursue a confirmation of a prepackaged, pre-solicited plan of reorganization for the OPCO debtors and a plan of liquidation for holdings. The OPCO plan provides for either standalone restructuring under which holders of pre-petition OPCO first inclined to receive 100% of pre-dilution new or reorganized OPCO equity or a Section 363 sale of the OPCO assets. Acumen is working with Latham & Watkins as legal advisor before the PIC coupon on its subordinated notes converts into a cash pay coupon in September, according to sources. Acumen's Stone Peak unsecured notes due 2032 and 2033 will switch to cash interest payments at 11%, commencing for the interest period of June 30th to September 28th and payable on September 28th, after accruing PIC interest at 13% since issuance on September 1st in 2021. Reorg estimates the additional annualized cash interest expense would be $49.6 million, reducing pro forma cash flow to negative $31 million. Wheelpros is working with Kirkland Ellis. The Clear Lake Capital Group-backed company has been struggling for well over the past year with volume decreases in addition to supply chain and commodity-related headwinds and elevated inventory levels, which are driving down Wheelpros' earnings. Top bird stories this week included... The Second Circuit's Purdue decision, indefeasible interim payments, liability management, two steps, the TM Care tort, two step, and a Delaware dip denial. Rand Tadine, manufacturers seek dismissal of hundreds of non designated cancer plaintiffs in Zantac Cancer MDL. Aldrich Pump Debtors, FCR object to asbestos claimants, motion dismissed two step cases. FCR warns of scorched earth litigation war. Airlines agree to resolve TLA claims with $297 million payment. Parties reserve rights to confirmation appeal. 
And now here's Kate Thomas from New York with the week ahead. Hi, this is Kate Thomas, and here are some highlights from a packed week ahead. On the first day of this week, the Lucky Bucks debtors to have their first day hearing. Lucky Bucks is one of Georgia's largest operators of combs, or coin-operated amusement machines, and filed a prepackaged Chapter 11 on June 8th. The debtors' restructuring support agreement has them reorganizing their operating business and winding down their non-operational parent under a separate liquidation plan. The operating debtors seek approval of an $82 million dip facility, consisting of both new money and a roll-up of up to $61.5 million in pre-petition term loans. Also on Monday, the party city debtors have a status conference that was scheduled in lieu of their combined hearing on disclosure statement approval and plan confirmation, which is going to be held last week. In a notice adjourning the hearing, the debtors said that they expected plan confirmation to go forward during the week of June 26th. The debtors face objections from minority secured note holder Mudrick Capital, which objects to the plan and its contemplated equity rights offering and backstop agreement arguing that they would give majority note holders a windfall. On Tuesday, the LTL management debtor has a hearing on several motions, including its motion to set a disclosure statement approval timeline, to extend the preliminary talc litigation injunction through September 13th, and to confirm that the automatic stay applies to certain debtor predecessors and the debtor's direct parent hold co. Also on the agenda is a hearing on the Talc Claimant Committee's motion to end the debtor's exclusive periods to file and solicit a plan. The committee says that it has a, quote, vastly superior, unquote, competing plan that should be considered so that claimants can have a, quote, real choice and informed vote, unquote. Also on Tuesday is a hearing in the SEC's civil enforcement suit against three Binance entities and Binance CEO Changpeng Zhao, alleging that they have systematically attempted to evade U.S. securities laws and that in doing so, they, quote, enriched themselves by billions of U.S. dollars while placing investors' assets at significant risk, unquote. Tuesday's hearing is on the SEC's request for a temporary restraining order to freeze the defendant's assets. Then on Wednesday, the Voyager Digital plan administrator will be back in court to seek approval of amended liquidation procedures. At a hearing last week, Judge Michael Wiles called the amended liquidation procedures an about-face that is not consistent with the now-effective plan of reorganization. The amended procedures would allow for in-kind customer withdrawals as contemplated by the original procedures but would put on hold liquidations pending court approval of the liquidations under securities exemptions. According to the Plan Administrator's Council, these changes are necessary in light of recent comments that the SEC made to the Plan Administrator, as well as the SEC's recent enforcement actions against Binance and Coinbase. On Thursday and Friday, the National Cinemedia and Cineworld debtors, respectively, will seek approval of their settlement agreement that resolves their long-standing dispute over an exhibitor services agreement. The Cineworld debtors say that they have negotiated an entirely new ESA agreement under which they will grant National Cinemedia the exclusive right to provide on-screen advertisements at the U.S. cinemas for the next 10 years in exchange for guaranteed payments 
calculated based on attendance and advertising revenue generation. Lastly, or maybe I should say secondly, this week bring, brings three second day hearings for the Venator Materials, Qualtech, and Envision Healthcare debtors on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday respectively. That's all for now. Have a great week. Thank you again for tuning in to the REARC Primary View and our weekly review. Find all our podcasts at REARC.com webinars and podcast pages, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. If your families are healthy and safe, have a great week and see you next Monday. Thank you.